Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight as we shift attention to the Nevada Tiger basketball program with Tiger head coach Sean Gray as uh, they like the Lady Tigers have been active with tournament play last week, three games at the Frontenac Tournament. Nevada finishing off with a win on Saturday. And of course, last night had the makeup date against Lamar and uh, have two games coming up in the next week. So we got plenty, plenty to cover as we are at that point of the season where things are certainly going fast and furious. But uh, Sean, over the last week, uh, of course, Frontenac Tournament coming up, uh, always tough tournament, uh, competitive games. Uh, uh, no, you'd like to at least got one more win out of that, if not three, uh, but uh, at least finish up strong on Saturday. Yeah, Mike, uh, that's a tournament we really enjoy going to for a lot of reasons, but uh, we felt like those games were all beneficial for us and really uh, thought, you know, even though we come out of it one and two, thought we competed well and uh, did a lot of good things uh, throughout the weekend. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about each ball game. As I turn around and grab a book on the fly here. Uh, but uh, you started things off on uh, Thursday night, obviously, against Piedmont, Oklahoma, who ends up winning the tournament. Uh, obviously, a talented team coming out of the Oklahoma City area. Uh, 66-42, uh, a game that, um, you know, I'll let you break it down. But uh, even though the score may not indicate it, I thought it's still a pretty competitive ball game for you. Yeah, I thought, given the caliber of team that, that Piedmont was, uh, you know, going into it, you don't know what to expect. And, our guys did not shy away from the challenge. I think they knew the type of team we were up against. And defensively, I was really proud of the fact, you know, we held Piedmont to 11 points uh, in the first quarter, and we'd held them to eight points through seven and a half minutes. Uh, they hit a late tray there towards the end of the quarter. But right there, you know, 11 to seven at the end of the first quarter, and uh, really proud of the way we competed with them. The second quarter was really the tough one. Um, the three point line got going for Piedmont, and then they also were able to get to the foul line. They outscored us 24 to 8 in that quarter, but you take that quarter away from it, and it was a really a tight ball game uh, in the other three quarters and an effort that we were really proud of. Well, let's, let's go ahead and move on to your game on Friday because that's where you, you, know, you get into the left side of the bracket. They start getting pretty competitive. And speaking of competitive, you took on a Seneca team that you just played a couple of days earlier on Tuesday uh, down at their place in a Big 8 West matchup. This one literally goes right to the wire, uh, and uh, they sneak one out, 51-50. Uh, I was over to the other gym. I didn't see that. Actually, I saw on my way home because uh, uh, I had to get up. The next, I had, you, know, you know what I was dealing with. But anyway, right. uh, uh, but I did did hear the game on my way on my way home uh but uh they just stuck one out there on, on at the end again it looked like you might just have right there for the taking so this is two years in a row we've seen seneca in this uh consolation semifinal game and two years in a row it's come right down to the wire our guys obviously motivated after dropping a game to them last tuesday really wanted to get that back and, and came out playing well you know bryce bud uh, had nine points in the first quarter he was able to attack the basket and then his three-point shot has come along for him here lately. Um, he, he was able to knock down a three. And then we d- we defended pretty well. You know, Morgan Vaughn really hurt us in that first contest, held him to f- four points in the first half, and had that first quarter lead, had that first half lead. But again, just like in the Piedmont game, that third quarter hurt us again defensively. I gave up 18 points in the third and found ourselves in a hole. Mm-hmm. But this group, time and time again, when we've been in a hole – has done a great job of clawing back. And even though we were down 44-40 to 40 after three, came back and took the lead in the fourth quarter, had the lead coming down the stretch. Riddick Shook hit a big three right in front of our bench uh, to give us the lead. And then late in the game, uh, they ran a play that, that we talked about on scout. Unfortunately, sometimes you get into those big moments and you tighten up a little bit. And, and we just did not get a flare screen defended appropriately. The Grot John kid hit a big three to give them back the lead. 
And then when we came down at our end, uh, we just didn't get the quality of look that we wanted. We got a look in the middle of the paint that was fairly contested, didn't quite fall. Um, and then, uh, you know, forced some misses at the free throw line at the other end that uh, uh, when we got the ball back, there just wasn't enough time to do anything with it. But it, it was a great ball game back and forth. Uh, you'd like to see maybe that that three by them at the end rattle out or that shot in the middle of the paint for us, uh, a fall for us, but uh, it didn't bounce our way. And uh, nothing you can do other than uh, than get right back up early <laughs> Saturday and try to get back on the horse after that one. Absolutely. Well, Zane Grojon, a talented player down Seneca, didn't, he didn't score a single point in the matchup on Tuesday. He ends up as our leading scorer on Friday with the 16 points. Uh, what was the difference between those two games? So Vaughn was the guy that really killed us in the first contest, and we really tried to stay connected to him and did a good job on him, held him to 12. Um, and, and other than the third quarter, I uh, really did a good job on him. But we lost Grot John a couple times. You know, one time it was just miscommunication. Um, another time it was transition. And then, and then it, you know, I think he hit four threes. A couple of those were just really tough shots with a hand in his face that he knocked down. And uh, he is kind of their quote-unquote shooter. He's not going to do a whole lot other than that. And uh, – they're just a talented squad that has multiple guys that can hurt you on a given night. Still thought we played well enough to get the win, uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, <laughs> they answered our big shot from Shook with a big shot of their own late. Is this one of those days where you just left them too much time? Like, kind of like in Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, probably did leave them a little too much time. And then, and then you know, there's that fine line in basketball between too much time and not enough time. Mm. And uh, I don't know, you know, you'd, you'd maybe – You'd maybe if you had it all to, to do differently again, you'd make someone other than the guy that had already made three threes be the guy that beat you in that mm-hmm. situation. Well, a great ball game, but unfortunately went in the L column for Nevada. Moved them into the seventh place game on Saturday against the Owensville Dutchman, a rematch from a year ago against the Dutchman of Colin Van Leer, former Missouri Tigers standout, and of course his, his dad John, legendary coach over in that over in that part of the state for many years at Pacific, and we used to see him down there uh, in the same tournament. We get a nice 69-38 to 38 victory, though, so obviously you weren't looking at the wounds too bad. Nice, convincing victory. I guess an Owensville team that's actually improved over what they were a year ago. Yeah, they've they've come a long ways. They've got some really nice young players. Um, you know, the Van Leer family is doing a good job mm-hmm. coaching yeah, them all now, don't they? Right, <laughs> is doing a good job coaching those guys up. And they really – they had Frontenac beat in their consolation semifinal, and Frontenac came back kind of the same way Seneca did to us, hit a shot late – um, you know, Owensville was up fourteen to two or sixteen to two in that game early. Um, much improved. I, I mean, I think they've won six or seven ball games on the year. You know, it's not, it's it, it, it was a game that we knew going into it they'd be disciplined and they would play hard, and that we would have to do things right to win. Well, we matched the physicality, and I thought really our speed up and down the court bothered them just a little bit, and then our ability to get to the free throw line uh, was something we haven't seen. Uh, all throughout the season, but that was a big key for us. Knocking down 17 free throws not only helped us get the lead, but then in the third and fourth quarters helped us to extend it. Well, and I think you got to be pleased with your team the way they responded too after such a tough loss. Uh, you know, just out literally hours before, and uh, to come out and you know, just jump out and with a 13 point lead by half and then a, a big third quarter. Yeah, we've got a good leadership on our team, Mike. The the, the guys. They don't feel sorry for themselves and put their head down and sulk. They know that it's just it's just every day you show up and give it all you've got, and that some days, some days maybe you're not the best version of yourself. But tomorrow is another day, and and if you approach it with the right attitude and the right mindset, you're a lot more likely to be your best than if you do otherwise. So it starts at the top with our seniors, and you know, and all the way down through our starters, all the way down through the bench. 
those guys have a workmanlike, um, give it all I've got, play the right way attitude. And uh, that, that's, that, that's how you bounce back after tough losses. And, and, and they sure did that on Saturday. Well, we spent a lot of time this season talking about Jack Cheney and Bryce Budd. But this game, it's Reddick Shook and Keller and Braden. The two of them combined for 10 threes, uh, five apiece. Uh, Braden with 17, Reddick with uh, 15. Um, you know, Kellen, we know the potential. It's been a little up and down scoring-wise for him. But uh, we, we continue to see that potential as a sophomore. Yeah, and uh, – He's a guy that's just steady, Mike. He's a little bit, oh, I don't know, wise beyond his years. Uh, he makes good decisions on the court. Um, there are times, and, and, and we we've seen saw it early in the season, where some super high-paced games where we're asking him to really be our second ball handler, our second guard. Um, there were some times that that was a learning experience for him as a sophomore, but but man, he does a lot of great things, and he's a guy whose shooting confidence has continued to grow, and his teammates have started to really work to try to find him open I think we had a lot of guys that, that coming off of football it was going to take a little while for them to find that shooting stroke and he sure found his and then Riddick we, we we've seen it for two years now what he can do from the three-point line and not only that but the way that he can draw charges each and every night is, is really something special he's kind of that epitome of that d and three guy he he draws the charges on the defensive end he knocks down the threes at the other end and when we have multiple when we have multiple guys knocking down perimeter shots that's when we can really put up a lot of points and uh uh, it, it was fun, especially in the second half, to see those guys get hot. I think they combined for mm-hmm. five threes between them just in that third quarter. Well, Nevada leaves uh, the Friday night tournament above 500 by one game at nine and eight. So head back uh, to play a makeup date. I'm sorry, not a makeup date, but their regularly scheduled game against the Carl Junction Bulldogs. Uh, last night it was the girls who were playing the makeup date, but Carl Junction comes to town out of the COC around a 500 team like Nevada. Again, another uh, tight quality ball game. Uh, uh, Intense at times. Uh, you would thought it was a league game. 66-62 was the final. Uh, Carl Junction wins it by four. And again, it's one of those games where you you, know, you mentioned it earlier, your team gets a little bit of a hole. Well, it was seven or nine. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Seven or nine in the fourth quarter. About figured out a way to pull it out. At one point, I think we were down 10 or 12, Mike, yeah. and, and came all the way back and cut it to one possession. Um, this is a group of guys so – a lot of some, you know, a lot of guys that have just played against each other growing up, you know, all the, whether it's little league baseball, little league football, little league basketball, of course, a lot of familiarity. Of course, we were able to beat them twice last year. We beat them in the Mustang Classic. Mm-hmm. We went to their place um, in January last year and got a twenty point win. And and they're a group that's much improved this year. That, that's had had more success than they've had in years past. And you could tell it was one they were hungry hungry to get. On the same token, I thought our guys came out and played extremely hard also. Both offenses played well. Um, they really beat us up on the glass, Mike. I thought was the biggest thing. And then we were able to get to the basket and score, but as often as we got to the basket, we converted some, but not often enough inside the paint. Uh, we made nine threes. There were some third quarter and fourth quarter threes that I thought rattled in and out. We really did a good job of getting good looks. I just didn't quite convert enough, but Again, I think 62 points is enough to win on most nights. It, it, it was the offensive rebounding and then the post-entry in the third quarter. They, they got a lot done around the basket. And with our lack of size, we know going into a lot of games, that can be an Achilles heel if we don't guard against it. Rebounding and then post-scoring. And 
unfortunately just uh, not not a good enough effort on our part against a big physical athletic Carl Junction squad and they really wanted to uh, both teams wanted to get up and down the court that first half was lightning quick uh, and I know you want to play fast but uh, uh, you don't mind playing fast but was it I don't want to say it was out of control but was it too fast at times you know we we watched them and, and as, as we knew they wanted to play fast, but we didn't think they got back well defensively and got matched up well. So us pushing it at them uh, that was a big big key for us. You know we didn't we didn't pressure much. We just tried to get back in the half court. Um, I think we haven't had a you know I don't Owensville didn't want to play quite that fast. Uh, Seneca and Piedmont we tried to slow the game down a little bit against Piedmont. We haven't had a game at that pace in a while, and I think maybe maybe there were some times when our legs kind of got a little weak underneath of us and there were a couple times I tried to call a timeout uh, to, to settle us a little bit but when it got frantic I thought that was when we fell asleep on the post entry a little mm-hmm. bit yep. and then when it got fran- frantic we also it, there were a few possessions Mike where we were not matched up appropriately and when you play a high quality team they've got multiple guys that can hurt you you can't just key on one or two guys and and for them Brody Pan had a, had a big night you know we knew what Cooper Vettis could do as their leading scorer a year ago um, but 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 we let the the pant kid get loose a little bit, and then the hook cut kid, we let him get loose for a couple threes early as well. And we against good teams, you can't have that many defensive breakdowns. Well, a uh, big night for Bryce Budd again. We got twenty one, Jack Cheney eighteen. So the, the top two scores uh, certainly kept that pace going last night. Um, as you and Kellen Braden comes up with eight more as he's again picking up his scoring pace. So. Uh, Looked like you had pretty good even contributions offensively last night. Yeah, again, offense was not the biggest issue. I, th- I think there are some finishes around the basket we'd yeah, like sure. to have back, and and there were a couple open threes that rattled out that, that we would like to get going. But thirteen of the thirteen of fourteen from the free throw line made nine threes. You know, eleven twos. You'd like to get up, you know, up to twelve or thirteen twos at least if you can. But but overall, we were pretty pleased with the offensive production. Bryce has shown his propensity to be able to get to the basket and get to the free throw line, which is really big for us. And then it was nice to see Jack have a, have a good night when I think sometimes in the front neck tournament he was really being keyed on. Uh, good to see him and show some balance. So, yeah, offense was definitely a bright spot, and those two continue to lead us. 66-62 is the final of that one. So, Nevada, after uh, playing the uh, four games over last week, now sitting right at 500 at 9-9 nine and nine on the season, heading into a Friday matchup at El Dorado Springs. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, had took on Wablo. Wablo must be absolutely loaded. Uh, Wablo scoring 81 points in El Dorado Springs last night to win 81 to 50. And uh, El Dorado Springs has put together a good year. Now you've had no lack of success for uh, you know against yeah, knock on wood, against El Dorado Springs. You've had eight straight wins, 14 and one the last 15 meetings. So, uh, but uh, this is a Bulldog team that's certainly going to present a significant challenge, even though they've lost four of their last five. Yeah, so that Wablo team's eighteen and one, and yeah. one of the one of the better small schools in the state of Missouri. Um, El Dorado, I thought last year and this year, these are probably probably the two best El Dorado teams we've seen in the last ten or eleven years. You know, since we've been here, and it all starts with Landon Murray. He's a heck of a left-handed guard. He's quick. Uh, he was their best player as a sophomore. Their best player a year ago as a junior. And really, if he's able to get going, if he's able to get to the rim, if he's able to get open threes then they're going to be able to put put up points in a hurry. Now, last year we were able to limit him. We were able to, to really limit his production, uh, and that gave us the upper hand, and we were able to get a big win against a 20-plus a win state-ranked El Dorado team a year ago. 
this year's team is really solid as well for them. And we'll be playing at El Dorado Springs, which seems like every time we go over there, um, they play us tough, whether they've got one of their better squads or whether it's a down year for them. Uh, they've got the Gordon kid, Joe Gordon, um, you know, former Nevada uh, faculty member, uh, Phil Gordon's son. He's as bouncy a kid as we've seen all year. And hopefully that's not on display Friday. Hopefully the Nevada faithful does not get to see how well he can jump and, and, and finish at the rim. But he's a, he's one of the better dunkers I've seen in a long time. Elevates well, slashes well. We've got to keep him boxed out. We've got to keep him from driving to the basket. Then they've got size. Uh, they've got a, a burly kid uh, and, and then another post player that are 6'6 or 6'4. Um, and they can shoot the ball and then they can finish it. You know, They're not, not super quick, not super athletic. Uh, but with that size, they can get a lot done. So we've got to go over there and, and lock in on the defensive end because I really believe if we can get stops, we can get out and run and go get scores against them because those bigger bodies that they have – I don't think they'll be able to keep up with us up and down the floor. It will be a matter of getting stops and making sure we find Murray, making sure we find Gordon, and then making sure we get those big bodies boxed out on the glass. As I mentioned, they have they have dropped four of their last five. But again, you know, you got Fairgrove, Adrian, Chadwick, another good small school program, and then Wablo in there. Their one win at Stretch Mount Vernon. So uh, I don't know how much video you've gone back and watched of some of their program games. Have you seen anything different, or has it just been a quality competition as of late? The Murray kid tweaked his ankle um, in one of the tournaments that they played in. So um, I. I think they beat Walnut Grove without him, and I think they lost Chadwick or Niangua somewhere in there. They lost to um, when he was out, and then he's been a little bit limited. Um, in talking uh, in talking to Wablo's coach, um, he's back in the lineup and playing. You know, I guess you'd have to ask them what percent he's at, but mm-hmm. when he was not at full strength for them, that changes the, the complexity. Um, not to say they would have won all those games or not won all those games, but they have played a really tough schedule and uh, really, you know, they don't they don't have any bad losses on their record uh, to this point. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we're able to uh, continue our positive streak against them, but but we will definitely have to play well in order for that to happen. Well, we know there won't be uh, any lack of environment when we go over there. Always, uh, whether it's the boys or girls playing over there, or they're here, we uh, you know we know it's always a charged atmosphere. And now they're making up the. The middle school 7th and 8th grade boys basketball games there on Friday night. They were scheduled on Monday, so that's going to add more to the pot uh, coming up on Friday. So it uh, and it's not the biggest gym in the world, so it uh, should be just one of those nice high school atmospheres on Friday. Absolutely. It gets it gets <laughs> packed and it gets loud in there, and, and we're excited to see our middle school teams coming over because hopefully those people will, will funnel in, and I don't know if they'll put you up on the – uh, I know I'm going to be up in, on the yeah. balcony, but yeah. there, you may have some. I business. will actually be, and I'll tell you, I'm going to be, I'm going to be at half court, but I'll be in the middle of the the Eldo mix. So okay, and, and I had the same setup for the girls. It's a very tight mix. You <laughs> may, you may get some interesting commentary up there, but yeah, I think it'll be packed. I, and I, I won't need a crowd mic. I'll put it that way. <laughs> exactly. I bet there will be people up on the balcony. Oh, and, sure. And, and it should be a really fun atmosphere, and, and that's what it's all about. All right, so we look forward to that. That'll be on Friday. It is a two quarter uh, freshman game, by the way. Keep that in mind. Uh, that's, that's still the case, right? Yep. So they're going to play two quarters of freshmen at five thirty, right? Um, so then you know you're talking about like a six o'clock JV start. So mm-hmm. should should turn into a fairly normal 
uh, you know, f- fairly normal like schedule after university. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All yep. right. So the, that'll be coming up on Friday. Then Nevada, as I mentioned, has a makeup day coming up uh, next Monday on the 29th. Actually, we got two more games to talk about real quickly. Uh, Nevada uh, takes on uh, Lamar next Monday night. Makeup day from a postponement earlier. That turns into a super night with the girls. We are playing Frontenac next Monday. Uh, we've talked about them before, but uh, just real quickly, uh, touch again on, on the Lamar Tigers. Lamar's got a heck of a player in Ian Googie, um, probably a, a, a preseason favorite, if you will, uh, for player of the year in our conference. Uh, we've seen him for three years now, and uh, he can really light it up from the perimeter. He, he's lightning quick, uh, and he can make open threes, but he's at his best attacking and creating for others. Uh, they've got a Wilkerson kid that's very athletic. Um, Josh Query missed last year due to injury. He brings him some athleticism around the basket. Uh, they got a Timmons kid that's about 6'2 that can shoot it and score around the basket. And then, as we know, with, with most Lamar programs, just, just athletes, uh, guys that can really get up and down. So I think similar to the Eldorado Springs game, this one will key on the defensive end. You look at Lamar's scores, they, they, they score a lot of points. They want to play games up in the, the high 60s, the 70s, some games even up in the 80s. So if we can make if we can really sit down and guard and then on the other end, not settle for average shots early. I think the longer they have to guard, the better our shots will get. Uh, but we'll have to limit the Googie kid and not let him get going and not let him create for others. And uh, if we can do that, uh, then the fact that we're playing at home, I think, should give us an extra boost. As of today that we're recording this, it's, uh, they're sitting at 11-6 and six on the season. And uh, that, again, will be rescheduled for next Monday or scheduled for next Monday night at Wynn Gymnasium. I think that's the final doubleheader of the season. If I'm, no, you got Castville. Yep. Castville so the, yeah, court warming night. Our yep. girls take on Frontenac that night. So uh, right. super night and should be a good crowd and a good atmosphere. Yeah, yep. One of two remaining uh, uh, doubleheader or super nights, if you want to call it that, homecoming is that way, or court warming against Castville on February 2nd as well. All right. And then the other date we're going to talk about next Tuesday again. You got a nice little string of home games here uh, next week. Tuesday against the Monad Cubs, six and twelve right now. Any early thoughts on the Cubs? We don't like to get the cart too far before before the horse, Mike. But we've got some films on them. We've watched it recently. They're a team that plays a lot of zone defense, um, so our zone attack will need to be good. Uh, they played. They actually played Carl Junction recently. So I, I watched. I did knock two birds out with one stone before the Carl Junction game. Watching that, and if you just settle for jumpers early on. And you have a cold shooting night, um, and then they can they can have a chance to to beat you. So we'll have to be patient against their zone and get high quality looks. Um, they're a young team. Uh, they've got they've got a, a first year head coach. So um, I, I think if if we are disciplined and play to our potential, uh, that would be a game at home uh, that, that that we'd like our chances in. But in our conference, and and like we've seen throughout the year, anybody's good enough to get you um, if you're not the best version of yourself. So. You want to be playing your best basketball down the stretch in the season, and we're just continually trying to build to that. Hopefully this this three-game stretch, uh, we see a lot more of that. All right, so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. There are not that many games left, believe it or not. So we're getting there, and uh, we'll start focusing on the month of February. We get back on next Wednesday night's show, which, of course, will be on January 31st. Coach, thanks for the time. Good luck. We'll see you. Uh, we've got three games over the next week, so we'll see you for all of them. Appreciate yep. it. It'll be busy. Thanks, Mike. Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. We come back. It's wrestling. And Ben Aberg talks with Nevada Lady Tiger Head Wrestling Coach Jared Alexander. They're now 15-2 and two in duels after a win last night. Sorry, they took a loss last night. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, they didn't win against Pittsburgh last night. I'll get it right. But 15-2 uh, and two in dual competition. We'll have that conversation after this timeout on Tiger Talk. 